G'day, y'all. Welcome to our next episode of Champagne Cinema, the show where we do what we do best, which is watch films, drink some wine, and then whine about them. My name is Chris, and joining me today is C. Hey, everyone. So we're leading into a different episode structure. We are going to be simplifying. It was just (laughs) a lot with the clips, really just the clips, I think, like incorporating that of us watching the movie and just trying to really weave that in. And it was causing a lot of prep work and then much more post work and editing. I think, yeah, simplify. We also with COVID (laughs) easing up, I would say, I don't know if it's easing up, but you know, people are traveling, doing more things. I travel for work. So I know I'm going to be on the road more. So you and I being in the same place, drinking wine at the exact same time every single week was becoming a bit unrealistic, I think, for our schedules. I'm hoping to get back to Australia a couple of times. So we just think being able to watch these films separately was also something we needed to do to keep going or else we just would have weeks of not seeing each other or being able to watch movies. So I think that was important too, just to reel it back a little bit. We didn't need to be so needy on each other, which is like a healthy relationship, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Lower maintenance and not having so much pressure of it always having to be about like the movie because we have free time to like hang out. And also we were drinking a shit ton. Like, I mean, I was... (laughs) (laughs) I was more can't even handle it anymore so now we're still going to incorporate alcohol because generally I probably will still be drinking while I'm watching this but it's like the pressure again is not off if we don't want to have a drink or if we want to do something different I think drinking a whole bottle while watching these movies was also becoming like a lot especially when one of us was a liability and was like should we be driving home after this (laughs) well sometimes it would have even made sense like oh we could do one Friday night and I'll stay over and we could watch one but then it's like oh are we gonna want to drink in the morning again probably not so then we just wouldn't do it and so now we could like watch a couple movies if we wanted to in those cases or something and not have to worry so much about the alcohol yeah so I think we're changing the structure we're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't but we'd love people's feedback if you like the shorter episodes if you prefer just these more conversational ones if you miss the sound clips let us know but from moving forward we're going to remove those elements and we will still be providing alcohol and wine recommendations based on if we are drinking for those certain episodes But uh, moving to this week's film in the essence of time, uh, we did 2004's Romance Sci-Fi. That is also directly from IMDb, the genre. It was directed by Michael Gondry, and it stars Kate Winslet, Jim Carrey, Kristen Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, and Elijah Wood. The film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So before we dive into this discussion, please remember that this podcast contains spoilers. If you have not seen this movie and you do not want us to ruin it for you, you should probably go watch the film and then come back and listen. So before I dive into the plot, it's Kirsten Dunst, (laughs) not Kristen Dunst, just want to say. She actually lives in Austin too now. Oh, really? I know that her husband is from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Landry from Friday Night Lights, and they live here. She was on like CBS, one of our, you know, the local news, like giving an interview of like why she liked Austin recently. (laughs) I love her. I still love her. Damn her and bring it on. Like there is no better person. (laughs) So good. Gabrielle Union and Kirsten Dunst. So good. Okay. Sidetracked. So for the plot, we're just going to do a quick run through of it for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. 
After a painful breakup, Clementine, which is Kate Winslet, undergoes a procedure to erase memories of her former boyfriend, Joel, Jim Carrey, from her mind. When Joel discovers that Clementine is going to extremes to forget the relationship, he undergoes the same procedure and slowly begins to forget the woman that he loved. I remember when I read this to you before we started, you were like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is also an oversimplification of how the film actually runs because it starts when they've both lost their memories and then it's kind of like throws you back a little bit. And, you know, I said to you that way I started figuring out what was happening was based on Kate Winslet's hair. Mm -hmm. It was a really good way to assess like what timeline we're on there. Yeah, I was waiting for you to put together like wait blue hair (laughs) the plot this plot is a way oversimplification of what actually is in this film but I mean it gives you a good you know beginner's guide to what this film is actually about (sighs) alcohol oh boy so are you okay with wine I don't know you choose the wine I'm gonna go find the bedroom and smoke into something more Ruth So when we were watching this movie, we tried a non-alcoholic wine, which you ordered some bottles and already had tried one of theirs. We Mm -hmm. had tried Shorely Sparkling Rosé, which you had seen like all over Instagram. And I think Mm -hmm. I've seen it, but I guess never enticed. I was not impressed. (laughs) So I go through these, obviously my Instagram thinks it knows lots about me, not to mention Lately, guys, I've been advertising me maternity clothes. To be clear, I'm, I'm not pregnant. And they just seem to want to advertise baby gear and like how to prepare for a baby. I also got baby vitamins advertised to me, by You the sent way. one about stretch marks, baby stretch marks. I am like, what is happening on my Instagram? I'm like, not pregnant, guys. But you're like, anyway, so Instagram's obviously telling me I'm drinking too much as well. So it keeps advertising non-alcoholic <laughs> products. I've tried a couple before. This was like non-alcoholic wine. There was a discount in January because dry January. And I definitely didn't do dry January, but I was like, you know, this could be interesting to try. And I tried their Cab Sav and it was atrocious. Like it was, it tastes like grape juice. Mind you, the bottles are $25 each. Let's rip off. Which is ridiculous. I can get a bottle of wine that tastes good and better. For way less. For $13. Like, why am I paying this much for non-alcoholic? I may as well just drink Ribena like you do. But I thought, like, the sparkling ones, this is going to feel really fancy and we can have it. And I know it's becoming all the rage of, like, non-alcoholic. I liked the sparkling rosé better than the Cab Sav. But you did not like the sparkling rosé. You were like, I need to put some gin in this. Yeah, it it just didn't taste like rosé at all. Like I expected it to try to be kind of similar and it just was like sparkling water with some like bitterness to it. It didn't even really have a flavor and it just, I do love rosé a lot. So it was just super disappointing for me and I don't think it's worth that amount and I'm just going to stick yeah with my Ribena and sparkling water if I need to not drink all. I mean, I want to try more. I do want to, I have been curious about them. I'm not going to totally write it all off. I just didn't enjoy that. It wasn't rosé at all. I think the thing I'm struggling with, I know we're going on a rant about non-alcoholic beverages that are supposed to replace alcoholic beverages. I'm not even looking for a buzz out of these. I'm looking for something to taste nice yes. and fancy to replace That's the it. only point. But I want it to be within a reasonable price point because it is not alcoholic. And so when you're paying $25 a bottle, I expected 
amazing shit from this. And I did not get it from both bottles. I still have a bottle of actual sparkling, which I'm sure I'll pop at some point and probably hate too, but it was just disappointing on how much you're spending on this non-alcoholic shit of like what you're getting. The whole point of I would drink that is because I want to get the taste, but not get drunk. So that Mm -hmm. does not apply to this. There is a housewife coming out with one because she's like not drinking now and apparently it's really good. So I will want to try that. But my my expectations are low starting with this one. Yeah. For anyone else listening, I tried the Kin mixer drink, like the Kin, K-I-N. I think like one of the models is now like an investor in it and you like make cocktails with it. So it's supposed to like replace like a liqueur. That one was also not worth what it was. So looking for anyone if they have suggestions on good non-alcoholic replacements because I do drink too much and, you know, I shouldn't drink that much. Help us be healthy. Help us be better at being adults. If you have recommendations, let us know. We'll review it. We'll either love it or shit on it. (laughs) Too many guys think I'm a concept or I complete them or I'm going to make them alive. I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. I remember that speech really well. I had you pegged, didn't I? We had the whole human race pegged. Hmm. Probably. The first topic I was going to bring up was heartbreak, which just is like a huge theme of this movie. And it kind of just brings up questions that I had going into it. One, would you want your memory erased if you were heartbroken? Absolutely not. No. I understand in the moment, like you say, I just wish I could forget. Like I understand that concept and just like wanting to not feel that shitty feeling. But that's one, that's like messing with your brain. It seems risky and you're never going to learn from it. So I don't think I would, but I do understand the urge to want to. I don't. I don't know. Like I would not have my memory erased. Have you never had that feeling? No, I think I don't want to feel, but I don't want to like erase my memory. Like I, this kind of leads into my topic. So I don't want to talk about it yet, but erasing your memory is just not a good idea. Yes. Wanting to dull your, how you, it makes you feel sure, but I would never want to erase my memory and forget something completely. No, I never would, but I understand (laughs) in a moment It could be enticing, but like not realistically. And then if you found out you had your memories erased, would you want to know the memories? Yes, 100%. I think if they're gone, like, oh, that's scary. Do I want to know stuff that I've like already been gone from my memories? What? I mean, yeah, no. Yes, I would want to know. I always want to know. Knowledge is power. I don't know if I'd want to know. I don't know if it's just like what what's in that box, you know, like that could be a lot. But what is like it like you're putting it in like, you know, memory and heartbreak. You're putting that together. So yeah, you- that's what this is. And we're not talking about just like any memory. It's only like your heartbreaking memory. Like this really shitty guy that did really shitty stuff and like broke your heart and you Nah, I wanna remember that shit. My big question for Clementine and Joel is should they be together? Like No. you go you start from the very beginning of it and they're so toxic with each other like when she wrecked his car and didn't care at all and like didn't understand why he was upset like that was weird 
Mm-hmm. And they just had like a quirky relationship, but it didn't seem like they should have. But the movie was kind of building up into this like romantic and they had this huge connection. But I think it's kind of fucked up, their relationship. This kind of goes on to mine. I feel like this was we should be learning from our mistakes or like learning from what we've done, our history. So that's why like your memory shouldn't be erased because you can only get better. If you don't remember it, you're never going to be able to learn from it and you're going to continue to make them, which was really evident. So like Clementine and Joel, you started them meeting again, which looked really sweet. But then at the start of the movie, they're saying how bad it was. But by the end of the movie, it was like the beginning of the relationship. You saw how amazing it was, but that's not realistic. Everything kind of starts off that way. You should be focusing on how it ended. And they're just going to keep being on that cycle. They're going to keep going back to being in that toxic place because Kristen Dunstrom had demonstrated by going back and having an affair with that guy after the first time she had her memories erased about it, she still went back and did the same thing because she didn't remember it from the last time. So they're just going to be in this endless cycle of repeating the main same mistakes because they don't remember, which is what happens in society too. <laughs> but with their case, they get to hear all the good and the bad. And so that in their case could be something that they use to learn from. And, you know, when they're in that shitty time, they're just so wrapped up in it. They can't really see other perspectives or what they're really doing. But I think that's what kind of whatever showed up at their door, something that faces them. Like Kirsten Dunst did it again because she had no idea of anything, Mm -hmm. didn't even know what happened, which would have happened to them if they just kept going. But Mm -hmm. maybe because they had those tapes, they had the memories they could like snap out of it. I, I, I kind of just go back and forth with them because I do love. Or they'll realize the that maybe they aren't supposed to be together because it just doesn't work. There's a reason they broke up and they decided to erase their memories in the first place. Yeah, it was a very bad relationship. Way. I don't think they should be together. I think they're going to get back to exactly where they were before. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way, but it did seem like the end of how they were was just so negative, and it was like, why are y'all fighting over this stuff like that? Yeah, you wrecked his car. You you should have some sympathy for that. And so there was a big disconnect. Yeah. So my topic was kind of like, you know, like I said, learning from like your mistakes and history always repeats itself unless you learn from it. Like I was just, when you kind of like, you focus in, it's very much on their relationship, but you focus out. If they're raising people's memories about this stuff, like no one's learning. People aren't moving forward. They're like never going to grow as an individual. I think knowledge is power. You have all these songs by Kelly Clarkson and Brittany about being stronger because you go through this heartache and this hurt. I just think society was not going to do well if they keep erasing memories about hard relationships. (laughs) I just, I don't see it. Well, yeah, I don't even think that is even a possibility. If it was, that'd be really weird. But it is just kind of like a rash decision. Like they're really in the people are in their emotions. Like every time they're in the waiting room and like people are just like crying and in the room and they're crying and freaking out and you're not in your right mind and you're thinking about things differently and you don't think you can come out of it okay, but you can and you'll learn that. Imagine if you didn't learn. So even like say you don't go back to that person, like you know, you're in an abusive relationship or like something. And then your next relationship, you don't remember all these warning signs from the last one because you erased it. And so you're going into your next relationship without learning from your last relationship and knowing when it's good, when it's bad, when to get out, when to like, you know, say no. So I just think erasing the memories again, doesn't help you grow at all. 
as a person and develop. So very against it. And the science behind it looked really bad. (laughs) They were in a dodgy office, this weird (laughs) thing on his helmet, like that helmet head. It's like, what? I was reading though in when I was like doing some, you know, reading about it, they actually did some of these experiments on mice (laughs) and it worked. But then like whoever was doing it, whoever was conducting the research was like, this is not like, you know, ethical (laughs) if to like ever try on humans. Like the whole thing's not ethical, but like, yeah, they did experiments on mice and it worked. How, How do they know it worked? I don't know, mice. They test tons of stuff on them. Did they go to that that door, that same door with the cheese? <laughs> or they and didn't because not... they don't have the memory right. or like whatever. Yeah, it had, I don't know. It had something to include cheese, yeah. cheese and mice. <laughs> yeah, something about that. But they're like, this isn't really like ethical or humane. I'm like, no shit. Like, again, we need to remember what happened. Jolie? What if you stay this time? I walked out the door. There's no memory left. Come back and make up a goodbye at least. Let's pretend we had one. Bye, Joel. I love you. Maybe in wonder. So now we're going to go into a film analysis portion and just kind of chat through the different areas. And starting with script. I don't think script was the strong point of this film, personally. No, I, I would agree. Script was, it was fine. I think it was visually really interesting how they filmed yeah. it. I think that really played into the storytelling for me more than the script. But I think that was also the kind of the point of the film. Yeah, they had some things when it was in like between Clementine and Joel, but a lot of it was like, come on, we got to keep going, run, run, like outrun the memories. So I don't think that's where it gets me. I think where it gets me, where it kind of shines are the characters with them too, just like kind of their connection and development. And then the plot, because it's just very different and interesting. Yeah, with the script though, um, the, the director told everyone but Jim Carrey, to go off script and just like ad lib and do whatever they want but they told you know it's they were like it's a comedy like have fun with it like be crazy but then with Jim Carrey the director told him this is a drama it's serious you need to stick to the script because of Joel's character but also Jim Carrey as like an actor that was very difficult for him because he's usually like this crazy insane like actor that kind of goes off script and like on a rampage but they didn't want him to they wanted him to kind of like stick into this like bubble of Joel but mm-hmm. let everyone else go wild like around him and that kind of acted like added to the movie and I liked that because I think Jim Carrey would have gone rogue if they let him do whatever he wanted but he told the other people this was gonna be a comedy I don't see this being a comedy at all <laughs> yeah you look at Kristen Dunst like you know when it was like uh, Kirsten Mary, K- Kirsten so when it was Mary and Stan <laughs> who was Mark Ruffalo yeah and like Elijah Wood like in that room when Joel's passed out and then they're like dancing around and jumping on beds and they probably like improvised a lot of that stuff because it was just so random but like yeah that part I'm like we were like what the fuck is going on but like I can see now reading that I'm like oh it's got that I guess that comedy element to it and because it's like a bit of a sci-fi type thing I was like I understand what they're doing there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I feel like it has a very early 2000s vibe 
<laughs> Lucky it was made then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just like fits like watching it now to back when I first watched it because I had watched this a lot when it came out. Like this used to be one of my favorite movies. Um, and then I just hadn't seen it in a really long time. I was like, I don't know how this is going to like age with me. How did you have, what did your opinion change on that? I know we're going skipping back to like about like memory, like heartbreak and everything. How, if you loved it as a teen, and I remember you saying like, oh, I love them when they're like this, when they're kind of at the start of their relationship. And I'm like, but this is the start of their relationship. It was really bad. Is that how you saw it before? And now you're like, ah, Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a good relationship. <laughs> I probably want it's it's got a broody vibe, like you know, in high school, and I think it was just so different and quirky. So it kind of dived into that and just being like weird in high school. Yeah, so I think I did buy into that love story, but it was done in such a weird way that it I don't know why it got me. I just remember it forever. I was like, that's my favorite movie, and I think it was also just cool to really like it. But I did. <laughs> I did You're really like, like I'm it. I'm a quirky teenager that likes this movie. That was my first time I've seen it. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm not rushing to like see it again, but I did enjoy it. I liked, like I said, I, it kind of goes on to like the entertainment factor of it. I really liked how it was filmed. And I liked at the start, you're like not saying anything. And I was trying to figure it out really hard. I was like, okay, there's something going on here. Like what the shit? And it was Yeah, you were confused. Her hair. I was like, oh my God, I understand what's happening. And you're just like, oh yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, you were so proud of yourself. I figured it out. I'm like, I think you figured it out when it's obvious to figure it out. <laughs> I but still do it. You. <laughs> no, I mean, I still enjoy it for sure, but it definitely just spoke to yeah, my teenage years and all that bullshit. But I also just love Kate Winslet in it. And I yeah. do love Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey's very different and he's not like too over the top. And I do love like Clementine and Joel in those moments when they're like working together. It's super sweet. And like when they're on the ice and there's a lot of sweetness to it and their characters. The other characters aren't very high to me, but their character connections are there yeah. for me. I think that kind of goes on to characters. I don't think there's very many good characters in this. I think my favorite yeah. actually was, um, I think it's Stan, who is Mark Ruffalo's character. I like just him. kind of like, he was like, oh, things are wrong. Things are wrong. Things are wrong. And like, he liked Mary and it, I guess he was like a kind of a smaller role, but I, he seemed the most logical person. I mean, Patrick, who was Elijah Wood, was a complete psychopath. Oh my gosh. Like, wow. The doctor not a good person again unethical affairs makes mary like forget he had she had the affair but he remembers his wife remembers terrible human joel i felt for i just i think you saw a lot of clementine's character and i liked her but i think they just were i don't think they were good for each other but i did like watching them the yeah they had flow. a good you you wouldn't think that they have a good chemistry acting together but it just something about it works but yeah in the movie sense he's much more straight and narrow and she's you know all over the place and that's very different like they're very different people mm. and i think that's what comes to their original breakup yeah i do think kate winslet though has a lot more range as an actress mm -hmm. than jim carrey like i, I did yeah. i'm not a, i'm not a huge jim carrey fan i did also see that nicholas cage was wanted for this movie to play joel and i would have been all over that no. shit but no. 
He would have been great, but I do Jim Carrey in this. I don't generally like his films, but I did like in this one. I was like, you're tolerable. (laughs) I I mean, I do say I did like Nick. Okay, now that I think about Nicolas Cage in that Family Man movie, maybe he could do it. He's got some, this is like late 90s, early 2000s Nicolas Cage. Like, you know, he had done, you know, City of Angels and stuff like that. He, He isn't too crazy like he is now he's kind of in this he was in very high demand he said like one like yes to one in ten projects offered to him and that kind of stuff so I can I get it and I do see the Jim Carrey Nicolas Cage-esque in him in this film yeah I still think Jim Carrey just like he brought like the quirkiness and like running through the random buildings and being a little kid you know like I just don't see Nicolas Cage doing all of that but I can't Possibly, yeah, older or younger Nicolas Cage. I was going to say that the one character that you never see, Naomi, his ex, mm-hmm. Joel's ex, you know, he's talking about Naomi, he lived with her and, like, he was with her when he met Clementine. Do you want to know who played that actress and all her scenes were deleted? Who? I'm going to get her last name wrong, so forgive me. Ellen Pompey from, like, Grey's Pompe- Anatomy. Ellen Pompeo? Yeah. yeah. There's deleted scenes with her and she was near me. I was like, are you shitting me? This would have been amazing. But like you can watch some deleted scenes mm-hmm. on YouTube. Ooh, I'm going to have to find that. I always mm-hmm. wonder because she's kind of in it. Like they talk about her a lot and I couldn't remember mm-hmm. even this girl. I'm like, do we meet her? I no, couldn't remember. Yeah. You don't, but she did film for it. She had a voiceover. She had scenes with him and everything. It was part of like things, but they cut her out and I was really sad about that. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Back to Stan. I agree with you that he's the most logical, but let's not forget he got wasted and danced on the bed and had sex with Mary and he wasn't great for that job. I definitely think there was a comfort in he's done this so many times before, like he knew what he was doing and no, this didn't. is the first time I'd seen this. Like, no, he didn't. In, Anytime anything bad happened, he was like, I don't know what to do. And just like hitting buttons. But that's because they'd never seen this before. They're like, oh, this is super new for me. Poor Stan. It just, you're dealing with the brain. <laughs> and the way they were was really bad. <laughs> but I think we need to touch more on Elijah Wood's character. What was his name? Patrick? Patrick. Yes. <laughs> okay. The stealing the panties. <laughs> no, it was stealing the journal and stealing using everything. all the words, like all the stuff he used to call her. Of course she was bloody triggered because she was like, why are you calling me this? And like she was getting triggered because he was like literally stealing Joel's personality to get her to love him. It's so bloody weird. So messed up. If they were had the Better Business Bureau, they'd be like a freaking F. It was so bad. <laughs> and then I guess leading into plot and entertainment factor. I mean, the entertainment factor isn't, like a shock and all it's just done differently and different mm-hmm. concept and the whole memory thing and like the faces that didn't have a face mm-hmm. and running from your memories I mean it was pretty interesting it's a different kind yeah it reminded me a little bit very different plots and everything of um, Memento which is uh, I think I've mentioned it before Christopher Nolan one of his first ones and it has like Guy Pierce in it and Guy Pierce's character he has like memory loss so he can only remember like so many he can only remember a day at a time so he you're trying to work backwards and it's like he's trying to look at all his clues to figure out who killed his wife and it's like it's done really interesting it has this whole shift on time that's like the only other one I can think of that kind of 
plays the film a little bit in reverse where like this one, I feel like you played it in reverse a bit, but then it kind of jumped around more. That's the only one I can compare it to. But in saying that, I think it was really well done because you were just, it held me. I was like, what is happening? It held me enough to like want to figure it out, obviously with my always wanting to figure out what happens before the end of a film. So I'm glad I did. Well, yeah, because it's like you start at the same time, essentially, and Mm -hmm. one part of it is present, but it's like moving forward and the other part is the past and it's moving backwards. So it's like Mm -hmm. going opposite and how they combine those. I'm sure that took like a lot of thought and work to like make them line up in a way Mm -hmm. that it's confusing, but then it all kind of comes together and then ends at the same. Well, no, I guess it ends with like them meeting both times. Oh yeah. Cause they go to, they go to Montauk. Yeah. Both ends at like both times they met. Mm -hmm. And then like the little bit like after effect of Mary with her stealing the boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. I was worried that you would like hate this film. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I like films that are creative most of the time. I'm a big Kate Winslet fan though. So like she oh, love her. I think she chooses films very well. I feel like she chooses characters that develop and then that are challenging. So I trust her taste in the project she chooses. <laughs> and she just has a great vibe and aura. No matter like what she's doing, it's just always likable in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, we're going to go into some honorable mentions. Clementine's hair. (laughs) I really did enjoy her hair. Like, I know you wrote this down, but it's great. But the trivia from this one, it was actually all wigs, unfortunately, because she had to film so many scenes back to back and to have different hairs of how they were filming everything. She had to use wigs, but her favorite was the red one, which I would have to agree. When she had that bright red hair, I think it's when I clued onto it there in the forest. I was like, that is her best hair to date because it was like full red and I loved it. Her blue looked a bit trash. (laughs) I was wondering that actually when we were watching, I was like, I wonder if she actually dyed her hair because that like will kill your hair. I remember my sister went like blue and then it started to fade into like a weird green and it was just so bad for her hair for a really long time. So that makes sense because I was worried for what happened to her hair after she changed colors with such <laughs> no. drastic each time. Because then you'd have to bleach your hair in between each time also. So It could have been washout stuff. Like You can get hair dye True. that's like washable outy, cut, you know, the stuff you use as teenagers. But no, all wigs, no, no damage. Um, my next one was that outfit when he's a little boy on the table and she's in that like in the 60s or 70s when he's a kid. And I just loved her outfit in that one. That was like my favorite look of hers. She was like in a mini skirt. I think it might have been when she had red or orange hair. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I remember him sitting under a table. <laughs> and she was like smoking. <laughs> yeah. So I just big shout out to the outfit. Every time I saw that, I just loved it. The next one is kind of an opposite. It's a dishonorable mention, just talking (laughs) about the lack of professionalism at this lacuna company. Oh, yeah. But I did like that Mary really took care of Joel. I will say he seemed really desperate. They kind of put him first. So even though the whole concept and business structure and what they're doing is very unethical, I think they took good care of Joel in the lead up to his treatment and then terrible care of Joel post-treatment it's kind of like dr death right when you waver a kindness and then destroy your life (laughs) 
It's just they did seem to give a shit about what they were doing. And it's just like, why are you going into his house and drinking all his alcohol and jumping on the bed when he has a machine strapped to his brain? I just was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, what I've got is Mary's comeback story. I guess you see her when she's really lost. You kind of just see like the after effect of losing your memory, which you also see with Clementine. Like they're just so lost and confused and have no idea what's going on. And then once she found out, she like got her power back, which why did they keep her working there? So strange. I don't know. Mary's story frustrates me because... It was, it was all that doctor and it just like, of course, she's going to repeat what she was doing before because she doesn't, she didn't learn from it. And then when she knew that she'd done it, she was mortified. Like this has happened before. Like how dare he take that away from her? I know she agreed to it. He totally manipulated her. Yeah. That was like a very bad situation. What is it when he was like grooming her? Cause she was so young. Yeah. I felt like I, I'm glad Mary was the one to kind of bring it all to light but it's just sad again why you shouldn't get rid of your memory no i think it's a very risky thing not really practical (laughs) in this day and age at least don't do it okay so after all of that this discussion you've seen this before see so i think i know your answer and this was my first time i guess the big question is would you recommend this film to others Yes. Give it a go. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're going to watch it over and over like I used to be. But yeah, watch it. It's good. I would agree. I think it's good. Again, I really liked how it was filmed. If you're into films, like watch it just for that storytelling. Hoping that everyone that listens to this podcast has like actually watched it or else we just ruined a lot of shit for you. If you have watched it as well, watch it again and like appreciate that filming of it. I think it was done really well. It was a nice original storyline too. So, and I was like, it was kind of light, like it had a serious Mm -hmm. side to it, but it it did have a light hardest to it. Even though ultimately they probably shouldn't be together. You see that like nice ending where they get another chance to do it better, even though they probably won't. Yeah, there's a lot of heartbreak, but there's also hope and sweetness. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, so it was totally good to like rewatch it and remember things that I forgot because there are so many like little details in, in the memories and stuff like that. So it's definitely a cool, cool. And you're going to be super cool if you tell people that you've watched Eternal Sunshine <laughs> of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> yeah, I do think I would watch it again, not like this year but I think I would pick up on stuff like I always pick up on things like later if you watch it again I think this one I would pick up on a lot of things the second time around thank y'all for joining for eternal sunshine of the spotless mind leave us a review and comment on any movies you want us to watch and whine about don't forget to subscribe and find us on tiktok at champagne cinema linked in the description see y'all next time cheers